NAD Ministerial presents Multiply, Baptize, Equip, Plan. I want for us to turn there to the Old Testament. I'm going to read Welcome to E-Huddle. <laughs> and this morning we're having a baby dedication. You know, every now and then. We baptize you now in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Sweet Holy Spirit. We're about to go eat. I want to thank you for the food. Is there a second to the motion? To present to you the happiest newlyweds in all the land. Muy buenos días, amigos, hermanos y familias. God, give us strength and power to live like you told us to live. I'm Patricia, and welcome. So, how do you multiply your impact? Throw a party. Today, our host, Jose Cortez Jr., talks to Sergio Cavedo. You've said something before that I loved, and you said that a church that evangelizes well, parties well, knows mm-hmm. how to party. And, you know, and that concept is a little bit foreign to us as, as Adventists. Partying is just uh, uh, having people uh, and food. Put that together, you know, it doesn't have to I'm, have I'm alcohol. Fun. And fun, absolutely. So I'm talking about being intentional. We've got lots of great actionable insights on the way. More in a moment. We want you to know that we are here as a growth resource. Go to nadministerial.com and click on podcasts for everything you need to multiply your ministry. Our guest is Sergio Cavedo. Here's Jose. Sergio, you are the uh, coordinator for church planting uh, of the Southern New England Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. What do you do there as as coordinator? Talk to us for a few moments about that. Well, I am still a church planter. Uh, When they brought me to the conference, they allowed me to keep one of my church plants, uh, which is great. Uh, as I train a new church planters, I get to have some credibility because I'm also doing it. Planting, I'm in the right? trenches. I'm suffering with them. Uh, but basically, the goal is to uh, coach uh, new church plant uh, planters. And uh, uh, we, we do these uh, cohorts, uh, residencies, that we have a small group of church planters uh, go through several modules uh, th- uh, throughout the year. Um, and uh, go through some of, some of the theory and some of the practical stuff, and each one gets a coach, um, so that we, we're trying to create a support system. Uh, we're thinking of a movement in a few years, and in order for you to You're, you're not just thinking of planting chur- a church, you're thinking of planting right. churches that plant churches, That's that right. create disciples. Exactly, and uh, it needs to be a lay-led movement at some point. We're starting with the pastors, but we need to create a support system so that when the Holy Spirit starts moving and getting these people out of the pews and saying, you know, I, I want to plant the church, we're going to have church planting experts and coaches to uh, journey with them and support them in that uh, endeavor. So, And that goes perfect with what is happening uh, across North America. We're trying to plant churches, yes. you know, and yeah. uh, for the last few years, we've been trying to plant a thousand churches and then we're moving into multiplying uh, 1,000. We want to have uh, sending churches, mm. sending pastors, and at least 1,000 uh, volunteer church planters. These mm-hmm. are people who are not paid to plant, but they are so passionate. So that's that's uh, Absolutely. Down that's, yeah. that's what you're doing. Yeah, if you want a movement, you can't be hiring a full-time pastor every time you plant a church. It's not enough money for it's, that. There's not enough money, especially a, ch- a new church plant. It takes a while f- to become self-sustaining. And, uh, uh, and so in the beginning, it doesn't justify a salary. And pastors are not going to be as... Uh, motivated if they if they know they're going to plant two, three, four churches and they're just going to be overwhelmed with work. So having 
voluntarily pastors is the way to go. It goes hand in hand with the church planting. Awesome. And now let's jump right into our subject, uh, missional uh, living, discipleship. Uh, at times as a in the Adventist church, I have noticed that we equate discipleship to head knowledge mm-hmm. uh, a lot. And um, uh, and by listening to some of your presentations, by reading uh, your chapter in the book, I realized that discipleship is a lot more than just head knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you can you amplify a little bit on that? Yeah. <clears throat> when you think about a, a, what a disciple is, is someone that sits at the feet of uh, the master, uh, someone who imitates so the goal of the disciple is someone to who has the same priorities, same priorities. Master, yeah. Right? And so when you look at Jesus, if you're going to sit at the feet of Jesus, he's going to teach you. There's going to be some head knowledge there for sure. By all means. By all so means. There's nothing wrong with having there's head knowledge. There's nothing wrong right. with that. But if you're going to follow Jesus, you're going to notice that he doesn't spend all of his time in the synagogue teaching or in the mountain teaching. He spent a whole lot of time with sinners, eating with them. Uh, sharing meals with people that you and I would be maybe cautious of associating ourselves with. That's why right? they accused him of. They accused him, right? Uh, why is this guy eating with sinners and prostitutes, tax, tax collectors? And um, um, publicans. Yeah. Wasn't Republicans, public. Rep- right? All right. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, no, no. He ate with all of them, right? right. With all Republicans, Democrats, uh, and uh, every, every, everybody in between. And he also blessed people. So he met people, uh, people's needs as he was going. Uh, you know, he met people on the road. So you, you're moving. If, if you're with Jesus, you're moving. So a disciple is not just someone who knows the 28 doctrines, who understands uh, biblical theology and preaches and the, does all of the spiritual disciplines, but it's someone that also does the other aspects of the life of Jesus, mingling so a and blessing. disciple needs to be practical. A absolutely. practical theologian, could yeah, we say? Absolutely. Uh, we're making it sound a little bit hard, you know, practical. Uh, theolo- theo- someone who knows Jesus and who does the things that Jesus does. Right, yeah. We, okay? we, yeah, we tend to separate those things, right? But when you look in the Bible, um, the way that God interacts with his people, he has them do things before they understand even. Yeah. Uh, so for a Jewish person or for an Israelite, it's more important to obey than to understand. <laughs> Could that be one of the problems of the church? Yeah, we want to. That we have a lot of people who know a lot, so very well educated and very well versed on, in, in, in the things of the Bible and the things of God. Uh, but uh, while they know a lot, they are not out there interacting. They are not out there uh, reaching out. They are not out there. Right. Could that be? Could that be part of? That um, could be it. Yeah. So uh, I think that as you do it, you do these rhythms uh, that you know we, we might talk about in a few seconds. Uh, it, it changes the way that you uh, that you feel and it changes the way that you uh, understand theology. Even so, a disciple is someone who knows Jesus, uh, knows about Jesus, but but knows Jesus mm-hmm. and who uh, practices the things that Jesus practices. Absolutely, yeah. You just imitate the rhythms that Jesus had in his life. Okay, so now let's move into another subject here very quickly because uh, as a church for years, uh, we have had uh, somehow the attractional approach when it comes to evangelism. In other words, we we talk to pe- we'll, we go out there and we tell people come come to our church, see what we have to offer. Uh, we have something special for you. And uh, so we call that the attractional model, you mm-hmm. know, have them come to us. Uh, but uh, there is something a little bit different. And in the Bible, Jesus said, go, mm-hmm. rather than have them come, you you go. So uh, I have heard you talk about the attractional uh, versus the missional. Mm-hmm. But uh, recently, I even heard you go a little bit deeper beyond missional into incarnational. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the go 
versus the come mm-hmm. versus the mingle. Right. All right. So, can you unpack this concept for for us a little bit more here today? What sure. is what is come? Yeah. And then what's go? And then what's gotcha. mingle? So uh, they don't need to be verses. They they can all work together. Uh, there's nothing wrong with having a good program awesome. at, at church, right? right. And uh, doing something. We must an have event. good things at church. Yeah, we need to. You need to have good things. That's fine. Uh, but we need to understand that the essence of uh, being a missionary, being a disciple of Jesus, is in the going, right? Not in the getting people to come. Uh, usually, how we've operated is we we is we think if we do things just. Uh, with a high level of quality, just enough so that people who are seeking, they might find us. But there are a couple of problems with that. Um, where I come from in New England, most people are not seeking. One of the most post-Christian places in, in North America right, right now. Yeah, exactly. So most people are not seeking. They're not looking to go to church at all. That's not the, That's right. They don't they wake don't up think in the morning and exactly. they say, hey, I want to go to church exactly. today. Or I wish someone would come talk to me about yeah, God. Most people are not connected to a church at all. Uh, and the second problem is if we're waiting for people to seek us, what does that make them? It makes them the missionary because the missionary is the one that seeks. Jesus says that I, I've come to seek. Yeah. So it's not them. See, we should be the ones seeking them, which to goes back to seek and to save those. Seek are, and to save. Yeah. Exactly. So the, we're the ones who are going. So um, the attractional model, which has, uh, um, has, has been around for, for a long time, and we've been doing that, and sometimes we do well, sometimes we do the attractional model, and it's not even that great. It's not even that attractive. That's, that's well, we don't even have a lot worse. of people coming to evangelistic meetings at times. You spend $10,000, $15,000 in, in flyers, and they go out there, and you get not, a lot of people show up. Yeah, yeah. We're, well, if you're going to do that, that's great. And we're not uh, uh, knocking uh, public evangelism. By but all means. If you, if you have a relationships in the community, um, the the coming is going to be something natural. It's it's going to be more of uh, can I can I be with you? And that's what I wanted to get to uh, today because I know that the the attraction is uh, somehow related to the missional. Mm-hmm. If you go, perhaps you have more people come because Jesus did attractional. Mm-hmm. Jesus showed up and he preached in places. Exactly, and, yeah. and the thousands came. But yeah. why did they come? Exactly, because so, it was going all the time, right? That's right. That's right. So. Uh, it's not a matter of uh, it, whether it's going to happen. It's it's a matter of whose responsibility it is. He says, your responsibility is to go and to make disciples. So your work is out there in the community. Don't be bound by the limits of uh, a building or campus. And Jesus says, my job is to build my church. So we scattered and the Lord gathers. Awesome. So church growth is not our job. It's something that Jesus is going to do it's part of his job, but it definitely happens. Of course, he wants to see his church. So we have pastors and evangelists out there who are trying to do evangelism. If you want successful evangelism, you cannot have successful evangelism without going. Right. If you want people to come before they come, you need to go. It's counterintuitive because in order for you to have filled seats, you need to empty the seats. Okay. (laughs) Jesus says, you you want the church to grow? Okay, so empty the church. And I'll make sure that the church is built. 
if you want the church to grow, send people out into the street. Right. So if if that's God's measure of success is going, then it shouldn't be about how many people you have in seats. It's about how many people you have going. Okay. Right. So it's not about seating capacity. It's about sending, sending capacity. Yeah, okay. I like exactly. that. I like that. Very good. Now let's go into the next one because we talked a little about the, a little bit about attractional people coming. We talked a little bit about missional people uh, when we have to go. We realize that they are interconnected, but there is a deeper. Um, part of missional, mm-hmm. deeper aspect to it, which is incarnational. Right. Uh, how do I know if I'm being missional or incarnational? Can you do one without the other? And uh, talk to me a little bit, a little bit more about that. You can definitely be missional without being incarnational. For real? Yeah, because missional oh, simply means going, but you're not connecting, right? So, so you being, can just go and dump uh, the things that you have and, and come back and dump food on the homeless, right? Uh, right. Dump water on joggers on uh, the, in the park. But you're once not a year, connect. you know, once a month, once a month go yeah. and, and you do something for them. But I don't know if you it. know. Yeah. If you're feeding people once a month, they, people usually get hungry every day. That, you know? That's true. So if, when you move towards a daily uh, kind of service or a daily, daily kind of connection, that's when you start to make, make a dent in the community. So if you're going, even if you do uh, a once a week kind of thing, once a week, be intentional about developing relationships. But I, w- I would also add this, don't depend on your church events f- f- for community service. Uh, we're talking about living these rhythms of Jesus in our own neighborhood, place of work or, or where we go to school, uh, that we're constantly blessing, in we're other constantly words, eating with people. Right? You should no way for the church to put a program. Let's say the church says we're going to have compassion Sabbath. Right, right. All right, I'm going to do this every month. You know, and perhaps you enjoy it and you go and all of that. Yeah. But that should not be the only time you do that. Right. You should have the people that you mingle with on a right. regular basis. That's the spark. That should just spark people's interest. So incarnational to- is mingling? Incarnational is really and, and being, embracing, becoming one and with becoming people. one with yeah. them. Yeah, I'm talking about uh, really who do you have at, over at your house on a Saturday night or Thanksgiving or Christmas? You know, if it's just people that you know, are we really mingling? Who would Jesus have over at the, uh, his table? So uh, when we talk about being incarnational, I'm talking about sharing life with people in a meaningful way. You're talking about going way beyond proclaiming the gospel. You're talking about becoming, becoming the, the good news in person. Becoming Absolutely. the good news. Absolutely, yeah. Right. Becoming the good news. So uh, look for ways to mingle with your neighbors and coworkers instead of eating lunch in front of your How do you screen. Do How do you do that? It's just being intentional with the things that you're already doing. Everyone is eating. Okay, I have a church member who is listening to us right now and right. saying, so I want to be incarnational. I want to go beyond being missional. How do I do that? What do what? So everyone eats, right? So we're not asking people. (laughs) I know you do. do. (laughs) So if you eat three times a day, that's 21 meals a week, I think. Uh, We're just talking about maybe take a few of those meals and be intentional about sharing that meal with someone. Right, and talking to them while you're eating. Yeah, you're already doing it. So instead of doing it in front of a screen, just be intentional about sitting with someone, oh, that's or awesome. that is opening your house to having a neighbor over. Or something that sounds like that. revolutionary in the times in which we live. Isn't that know? crazy? Yeah, yeah. That's one of the the hardest things that that I've noticed with with the church plans because we we try to do these rhythms and we uh, we have this thing that uh, we try to bless three people a week and eat with three people every week. Bless three people. So people in your church plans, you're yeah. asking them to. Um, eat with three people mm-hmm. every week. Every week. Okay, uh, 21 meals, take three of them to... Just use three of them and donate that to mission. Oh my you goodness, know? yeah. And, uh, and bless three people. And that could be words of affirmation, that could be helping someone move, it could be uh, bringing a cake over to your neighbor, or 
uh, spending time with your uh, elderly neighbor or whatever. You know, there are many different ways that you can do that. But I found that the, the most difficult one is really eating with people. Uh, we're so oh, individualized good. and we're so busy, you know, and uh, I think that's the biggest one. People are so busy today. And they don't have time for. Yeah. And I know. For, I know in my case, at times, you know, with my neighbors, we talk to, I talk to my wife and say, we need to have them over. We need to. And then you get busy traveling and doing a whole absolutely. lot of things. And yeah. then the kids and this and, and you end up not doing it. Yeah. So it's just a matter of saying, we're going to eat and we're going to eat with somebody else. Absolutely. And it doesn't have to even be in your house. It could be, you can go eat out. Uh, yeah. Or, or it, it the house be is anything. better. It could be anything. It could be if 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 you're single and you live with your parents, go to Dunkin' Donuts. You know, okay. uh, get a you know whole wheat donut or something. <laughs> sugar-free whole wheat. <laughs> we want to promote healthy living. That's anyway. right. That's right. That's yeah. right. More with Jose and Sergio in a moment. We'd love to get to know more about you and your ministry. NAD Ministerial is dedicated to your growth and success. Go to our website, nadministerial.com, go to podcast, and sign up so we can keep you connected to the best tools, information, and events to help you multiply your effectiveness in evangelism. Oh, and make sure you like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast. And all of Jose's social media contacts are at the website as well, nadministerial.com. Now, back to the interview. Hey, you said something, you've said something before that I loved. And you said that a church that evangelizes well, parties well, knows mm-hmm. how to party. You know, and that concept is a little bit foreign to us as, as Adventists because we're, not all of us, but some of us are, are grew up being a little bit, you know, uh, more on the serious side. We don't party, we don't do, but Jesus did party. Okay, so talk, yeah. to, talk to me a little bit more. Partying is just uh, uh, having people uh, and food. Put that together, you know. It doesn't have to have all fun and fun. Absolutely. So, um, when when we I'm talking about being intentional. So instead of just putting up programs in your church, keep the programs that are working, uh, that are uh, serving a a purpose. But you know, why not just have a rhythm as a church? Maybe every other week you have a party, and uh, and the weeks that you're not having a party, people are individually in their own neighborhoods, in their own context, eating with neighbors and having people over for dinner or for potluck or whatever, um, and, and, and just mingling with people. Uh, we have to expand our idea of what it means to evangelize. Evangelism is good news. So it, what you said, being the good news, it might be sharing a meal with someone. It might be partying with someone that is going through a tough time. But then you you connecting them with other people, and that can be such a powerful thing. Just one thing. All right. Sometimes we do these parties, and uh, and we want to throw a little devotional, or we want to throw a little thing. <laughs> you want there. to be spiritual because if you don't say something spiritual, it's not it's not Christ like. It's not Christ. But that's so, not the case, though, right? No, 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 no. If you're gonna party, just party. Have, have the party. You know, do the party. Don't worry about the other. The and other. that's spiritual in itself. Absolutely, because Jesus did that all the time. It's a eating. Uh, Ellen White talks about uh, uh, every meal a sacrament. All right. It says holy as given a Bible study because Jesus did it. Have mercy. Oh, you know, you're connecting in a deep level with ha, people. Ha. That's that's a aha moment. That's, that's it. it. So every meal is sacred. It's sacred. It's like giving a Bible study. If you're talking to that person, oh exactly. my goodness. Because what happens is we don't have deep connections with people. And if we go straight to the baptism, which we want to, we so desperately want to, we don't have all the other aspects. We don't have the connections. People are not involved in service, in ministry. And then we get obsessed and we get paranoid about the back door. Because we haven't made the connections. We haven't it's a lot easier. It's hard for them to come in 
if they have no friends mm-hmm. in the church, and then it's very easy for them to leave. Easy for them. If to you leave. go straight to the baptism, yeah, uh, without friends, they're they're gone. Absolutely, that's the reason we lose. We Absolutely. lose a good amount of them. Absolutely, right. Yeah. Wow, Sergio, this is pretty. This is this is some awesome awesome principles that you have given to us here. Uh, we almost have to go here, but you keep saying rhythms. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, can you amplify just for a few moments on, on rhythms? What, what are these rhythms? So I look at these three uh, circles, if you will, uh, belong, uh, bless, and uh, uh, believe. So in the belong, you have the rhythms of partying and eating with people and mingling with people. So in your own family, create those rhythms, individually create a rhythm that you're going to have a meal with someone, a neighbor every week. Because you want to be like Jesus, right? You have a rhythm of going to church, have a rhythm of having a meal with someone, right? right? It's just as important, right? Right, And just as required by, by the Great Commission. So that's the belong. Then the, that's the belong. But the, you begin with bless, right? It could, it could, it be, could either be either way. way. It could be either one. Okay, all right. We see Jesus coming to people and it goes straight to the spiritual aspect. But you want to make sure as you become a disciple, you live all three. And as you make a disciple, you're helping someone to live all three. So when we talk about believe and bless is really meeting people's needs and have a rhythm of blessing people, being intentional and praying for God to put people in your way so you can bless. So those are not stepping stones so you can get people to to join the church. These are part of the rhythms of Jesus that we all, as imitators that is just of Jesus... part of Christ-like living. Exactly. Being a disciple. We want to have all those... The spiritual rhythms, we're good with that. You right. know, small groups, prayer, Bible studies, right. and, and worship, and public evangelism, and all that good stuff. Right. We, we got that down. Yeah. <laughs> we need to focus yeah, on the other one. At least we think we do sometimes, you know? So. Right, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but we try to do it without the... So you mentioned bless, belong, and which one was Believe. That? Believe. Yeah. Okay, and believe is when they begin... Yeah, so those two are, are horizontal, and the the uh, belief is the uh, vertical. Is the vertical. So a lot of times in my context, because it's so secular, you start with the horizontal, and then at some point the Holy Spirit is just gonna uh, uh, is just gonna do His work, and we're gonna help them make the transition. So we do our part, and at some point, well, the Holy Spirit is watching the whole time, right. but at some point He inspires yeah. a person to start asking questions. Right. To exactly, and that's when you start. Yeah. So you love Him until they ask. And then you keep loving them, but you answer some questions, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And it doesn't have to be that sequence. It just happens in my context because people are not interested in the vertical yet that we start with the horizontal. We stay there as long as the Holy Spirit will uh, have us. And perhaps they will never be interested in the vertical till they realize that you care about them. Right. I have this guy, I got to tell you, I've been working with, I've been friends with him, meeting with him for about five years. And just this past... uh, uh, Sabbath in church, he, he told me, hey, look, and he started coming to, to, to our church and uh, said, look, I've been, I've been resisting this and uh, I didn't want this, but I think I want to be a Seventh-day Adventist. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I just wanted to jump and I was like, what took you so long, Ted? I mean, it's been five years. Hello. But it's been our friendship. He never went away because we're friends, you know? So uh, on a weekly basis, sometimes every other week we've, we've met and sometimes we would talk about God, but a lot of times it was just me being there for him and he was there for me too. You know what I mean? Well, our time is up, Sergio. Thank you so much for this time together. Not too bad for two guys whose English is their second <laughs> language, all right? <laughs> Hopefully people out there are able to understand whatever the heck we're saying, all right? But subtitles, <laughs> you know, the subtitles. I think we might have to do the subtitles, <laughs> okay? Uh, listen, but I, my takeaway, my takeaway, you're going to love people. You're going to bless people. Mm-hmm. You're going to uh, mingle with them. 
Uh, and uh, and you're gonna do that because it's the right thing to do. Is what Jesus did. Yeah. It's what they needed, and that's that's what we do as, as mm. followers of Jesus. But that somehow will impact their lives so much that they will want to come and, and 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 spend more time with us, and they will mm. want to be wherever we are. And the Lord okay. added right, to, to the church daily. Daily, the yeah. number he will do that. If we saved. do our part, he's gonna do that. So we do our part. So Absolutely. man, thank you so much. Absolutely. This is Sergio Cabello, everyone. Thanks, Sergio and Jose. Make sure you sign up for our email list and don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like to connect with Jose, home base for all things multiply is nadministerial.com and click on podcast. I'm Patricia. Till next time, keep going, but most of all, keep growing. Multiply. Multiply is a production of NAD Ministerial. Executive producer, Dr. Ivan Williams. Written and produced by Halloran Hilton Hill for Anything is Possible. Co-produced, edited, and mixed by Chris Marion for Sound is Everything.